Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Lemon Meringue Seymour, with your other host, Richard Liverwurst Geiger. <laughs> is is it the worst worst it is the best of the worst it's the, it's the tallest short person that's right that's right so we have a fantastic episode for you today we are going to be continuing our history of comic book movies whoa part eight it's been a little while we've we've had uh, quite a few other things we've been doing between movie reviews uh Top 10, top five lists, interviews with some very, very interesting people. Yeah. But we felt it was time to get back to this because if we don't keep doing this, we won't ever finish it. No. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's it's been a while since we've gone and talked things up just like we always do. So Now, I think part of the reason that we put this off just a little bit mm-hmm. is that we are now to the time in history where the number of comic related properties per year starts to really skyrocket this is the year before things really just kind of go crazy and and the other thing too is i i feel like in this realm and beyond i feel like we've seen more of the movies Mm. and we've enjoyed more of the movies uh this year's actually got some really pretty darn good selections in it yeah uh Except for one. Uh, don't listen to him. The one that he is speaking of is maybe the best of the bunch. And <laughs> well, I was not. I see. That's not the one I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Well, there is one that is considered to be not fantastic amongst yeah. the five of them. But I think it's one of those instances. Are you really expecting steak fillet when you open a bag of uh, uh, Cheetos? It's. It's not comparing the right things together. It's, it's. I would go into it expecting Cheetos out of the bag of Cheetos. Exactly, but some people are still going in expecting more than what is is to be offered. So we are starting in the year two thousand two. Uh, since it has been a little while, it may not be a bad idea to kind of talk about what we mean by comic book movie. Oh, that's true. So uh, a comic book movie, in our definition, is a movie based upon a comic book. It sounds simplistic. It really can be slightly more complicated. The comic book had to be the origin of the story, or at the very least, it had to predate any audio or visual representation of that story. It could have been in a book format previously. So talking about Tarzan was originally book, then it was made into a comic book, then it was made into audio and video formats. But some things like uh, the things that we love, G.I. Joe, for example, it definitely had a comic book that came out before the movie, but the animated television show predated that. So does not count. Also, we tend to focus on comic books that were either originally created in English or were translated to English before the movie uh, was created. So we're eventually in another project that I'm working on. That's going to definitely come up, I know, because there is a very popular film called Snowpiercer that is based on a comic book and it will not be in my notes as a comic book movie not because it's not it really is it was a comic book 
first, and then it was a movie, but it was a French comic book. Mm-hmm. And the translation to English came out one year after the movie was released. Interesting. So it does not hit my list. I wonder if we'll have a lot of things from the Asian market that started as a comic of sorts. There's quite a few, and that's that I, that's why I've had to kind of narrow things down, both for this list and for the neat thing that I expect will be out by the time this episode actually airs. <laughs> we'll see. Neat. This is a neat thing, and it's so close to being done. It is so very close. I can taste it. I know I've said this before, and I will probably... It'll be two years from now. It's almost done, I swear. No, it, hopefully the end What's of September. Is technically never done. No, it will never be completely done, but it will be in a presentable fashion, hopefully, by the end of September. Well, that's... That's just a few days soon. away. Wow. Right, any day now. <laughs> oh, my. So... Um, why don't we start at the beginning? Um, we have a little bit of video interface, and I'm going to give just a bit of uh, a disclaimer. Disclaimer. We are... Like disclaimers. Like disclaimer? Something like this. Okay. Disclaimer here. Uh, we are doing just a smidgen of fair use. We have some image for our video aspect uh, where we are showing the uh, the movie boxes basically for the movies that we're talking about we're only going to show them for a couple of seconds and should anybody not be particularly fond of us using that just let us know and we will uh, remove it but uh, it is meant just to kind of give a little bit of a context we know we don't own it and we're not trying to make any money off of it uh, also before we get into the meat of it i almost forgot there's one other thing that i wanted to mention before we really got into anything what's that that is, I just wanted to kind of uh, say something about the recently late Aaron Eisenberg. Um, for those of you who are science fiction television show fans, you may recognize him. He played uh, Nog on Deep Space Nine. Uh, one of the nicest guys you could ever hope to meet. He was always uh, just a, a fantastic gentleman and just had been dealing with health problems for a very long time and unfortunately lost his battle with those health problems just recently. And it's, it's, it's a terrible loss. And I condolences go out to his wife and his family. And I, I know I will miss him. He did such a fantastic job with that character. I mean, the writing on that show was really good to begin with. And then he took that writing and just owned that character and did so well with it. Um, he was, uh, uh, just a gem, but now back on to the, uh, things that won't make me want to cry. <laughs> uh, well, one of these, maybe. Well, I don't think any of these. Well, I take them back. One of them, I take them back. The story for one of these will definitely be a tearjerker if you if you watch it. But we'll get to it. So let's start at the beginning. We are in 2002. We have a very interesting film. Um, I don't know if anybody has really has really been kind of uh, interested in a lot of the direct-to-video films that happen after the regular films come out. I mean, it's it, it always seems like a bit of a money grab sometimes, but uh, we've already covered a couple of the previous iterations of this movie in this list, so mm-hmm. we're not going to go over the origins of the comic book yet because we already have. Um, but uh, Tales of the Crypt originally came out in 1972, 
This is the fourth, if I remember correctly, possibly the fifth movie in that particular series. In 2002, we had Tales from the Crypt Ritual. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've talked about um, uh, Demon Knight. Yes, we have. And we've talked about Bordello of Blood. That's right. I think those were... There's at least one more. There's at least one more, but like probably those were the two that, aside from the TV show, saw their heyday on the big exactly. screen, I guess you could say. Yeah. And the nice thing is the uh, the gentleman that does the voice for the Crypt Keeper just kind of throughout. I mean, they kept him. I mean, admittedly, it's a small part, but it's a necessary part. He's the host of the composite show. I mean, it's it wouldn't be the same without him. Yeah. So what's the Crypt Keeper's name? The Crypt Keeper? Uh, that's a good question. Not the actor, but the uh, actual Crypt Keeper. I think he... that's just his name is the Crypt Keeper. Okay. I thought he had a name. He might. Bob. Possibly Bob. I don't remember. It has been a very long day, and uh, I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> I mean... This movie was so popular. Why would we not want to know all the details? Uh, well... I will say this. So the plot of the film is is kind of standard horror stuff. I mean, it's it's not so ridiculous as to just immediately make you go, I'm never going to watch that film. It has to do with a voodoo curse. And mm. it's affected this house. And uh, the person goes, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, it's a boyfriend or a husband or a brother or something like that. She goes in to investigate and... Oh, there's no curse. Wait, there might be a curse. And they go through the whole thing. It's, it's, I saw bits and pieces. I couldn't get through it, unfortunately, which is really sad because it's got a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent cast and everything. Um, Abby makes you want to hold someone up and spin them around with joy watching this movie. <laughs> it's not that kind of ritual. Uh, it's also not the kind of ritual that would make you want to listen to grunge music uh, in, in in the grunge era. Ritual? No? Alice in Chains? Yeah, well, that was from... Uh, singles? Singles soundtrack. Yeah. Was that Alice in Chains? No, that was Soundgarden. Soundgarden. Yeah. Sorry, that's right. Soundgarden, I told you it was late. My brain's going to be all over the place, and you're welcome. <laughs> We're just keeping you guys on your toes. That's, that's right. All. So, um, as I said, you know, holding someone here's Jennifer Gray. That was my, yeah, yeah, I, I was, I was getting there. <laughs> I, well, we hadn't gotten to who it was yet. I thought you were going to bring that joke out when we actually talked about her. So, uh, Abby yeah. Nesher, the uh, director, uh, if you take a look at his works to date, I would challenge you to recognize any of the names. Uh, it's not an insult, it's just the, it's one of those, it's not the marquee names that you would expect it's a lot of b movies uh or at the very least a lot of movies that just are not going to get that same kind of box office press uh that the big movies have so well this did like you said just go straight to dvd yeah pretty much so um what do you call it now that's not that's not straight to dvd straight to video straight to straight to video straight direct to home straight because it's available Streaming the same day that it's in Straight Edge Superstar. Yeah, I don't know what it's called now. No, me neither. People are like, what's your DVD? Yeah, so obviously neither of us has watched this. This is why we did this first. So we're just basically going to talk about the fact that 
there was a couple people in it that we liked. So, uh-huh. uh, like he was alluding to, uh, Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing was in it, uh, or uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, if you're familiar with that. Uh, she had a pretty nice hot streak in the 80s. Um, this was not in the 80s. Uh, she never had that same kind of level of success, which is really sad because she's very good in pretty much everything that she does. Better than Matthew Broderick was. Do not get me started. Uh, tarnishing the name of an icon, the name of a treasure, Matthew Broderick should be. I mean, he just was loved. Pretty good at Simba. So yes, he was. Uh, but anyway, I always liked Jennifer Grey and. Maybe it was just that her appearance changed. She had some surgery, and she had a very iconic nose that was in that first couple of movies, and then she looks very different with the the work that she had done. Not bad, just different. And it, it, made, it always kind of makes me feel like, oh, I miss the old Jennifer Grey. She was... <laughs> I liked that one better. But... I think that's what you get oftentimes with when people cut chunks of their face off and then stretch it out so that it's and staple it behind the ears. I don't think that's what she That's did. not what she did, but no. that's what I'm saying. Like You'll see that most of the time when people try to be better and then I end up not being better. So, if you heard that, uh, that was a small child that Richard just dropped. I'm going to call uh, Child Protective, Protective Services. Services. Right. There's carpet on the floor. <laughs> Alright, so also in this film, though, kind of interesting, was uh, Craig Sheffer, who I love this guy. Um, he's in one of my top ten movies of all time. And you may consider me kind of boring for having it in my top ten. But uh, the movie A River Runs Through It, uh, he is in as one of the two uh, brothers along with Brad Pitt. And, God, that movie is so good. And he does a fantastic job in it. And I've seen him in several other things. And he generally does a really good job. I think a lot of it depends on the what you're getting to work with and maybe not getting the premium stuff to work with in this film. Like the sequel, he was in The River Runs Behind It. I mean, just didn't take off like the other No, one. nowhere near as good, no. But uh, now there is a superstar in this film, at least in my mind, like a, uh, an actor among actors and somebody that I would just love to meet. Uh, do what? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say I thought he was like. Did I miss something? No. As of this recording in September yes. of 2019, we are speaking of Tim Curry, and he is just fantastic. And the little bit I did see of this movie, he's fantastic in this too. I mean, he can bring awesome wherever he goes. Where he needs to go. Yeah, it's just uh, he's he's so cool and. Uh, one day that is on my list. I will I will track him down, and uh, and get a chance to speak with him. But somebody that we've already had a chance to speak to was in this film. Oh really? Yeah, was we he... we 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 were lucky enough to talk to Stephen Tobolowski as one of our early first guests, and he he makes an appearance in this film. Um, so that's kind of it's got, it's got some a smattering of really interesting, really cool people in it. It's just that it's. Not the kind of movie that most people are going to really enjoy, I don't think. He's in this movie? Yeah. He is the doctor. The doctor. 
If you're going to be looking on IMDb, you will have to look in the section under uncredited. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. Going deep. Yes. We always we always go deep for the information we need. Mm-hmm. All right. So and, moving on. And on we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So since neither of us really watched this movie, now we're going to move on to a film that came out in 2002 that a lot of people have no clue is a comic book movie. Um, this film has such an all-star cast, it's just crazy. Not just that, the directing is fantastic, the cinematography is beautiful, the story is heartbreaking, it's 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 really nice. Um, uh, of this group of movies that we're reviewing, this one's my favorite by far, yeah. of these five. Um, and so this, this actually takes me back to the days when I was working in the movie theater and I probably, I don't know how many times I went to watch this in the theater, but, uh, I definitely went in numerous times just to go and stand and watch for 10 minutes because, uh, at, at the time, and maybe not so much now, this was one of my top five favorite movies at the time. And as I've kind of grown and gotten different tastes in movies and things, it's probably fallen out a bit. But this movie is just... Still fantastic. It's just a great movie. Of course, we're talking about Road to Perdition, for those of us that are in the comic bookie know. Now, Road to Perdition was based on a Vertigo comic, uh, Vertigo graphic novel. I can't talk. Vertigo graphic novel that came out in 1998. Um, The... Uh, art was by Max Allen Collins, or I'm sorry, uh, was by Richard Pierce Rayner, and the art, yeah, that's right. Art was by Max Allen Collins and the the writer Richard Pierce Rayner. Um, it's it is a a very good read if you get a chance to to, to see it at the store. Um, I'd say the movie was fairly fairly faithful to the source material, which is always nice. I mean, obviously, not everything's going to be able to be the same, but it's. As they say, close enough for government work. Um, yeah, it's always hard to translate. I think I think straight from pages to screen. It, most people's interpretation of those just doesn't go to what the masses' interpretation of things would want to be. So they got to right. change it a bit. Uh, Sam Mendes, director on this, um, he you may know from American Beauty, Jarhead. Uh, Skyfall, Spectre. So he's got some big movies under his belt, this being obviously one of them. Um, I mean, if I remember correctly, this got some award mentions. It did. It won an Oscar for cinematography, I feel like. Something like that. It it deserved a lot because combining the source material with what they had and the people they put on it, I mean... It's very hard not to have a fantastic piece of work. Um, you've got, um, you've got, uh, just like let's let's start with maybe the least known of them, uh, Tyler Hochlin. Um, the he was the child. I think it's Hochlin. Hochlin. See, I told you it's late. Uh, I will I will sink back into my inability to pronounce names as I as I slowly lose my mind. Um, I'm so sorry, Mister. Hawkland. Hawkland uh, or Hawkline? 
<laughs> please don't be mad at us. We would love to talk to you. Um, but he... He was just a widow one in this movie. Yes, he was. But he is currently playing Superman in the Supergirl television show. Yeah. So he does a fantastic job in that. Um, I didn't know quite... I never know how quite how I feel when I see a new person step into the Superman role because, you know, there's so many iconic... Uh, Superman actors. So you kind of hope that they'll be able to hold up and sometimes they just don't. Yeah. Um, he, he did good. He did real good. I was very impressed. I don't watch the shows. So I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a fun show. It's If you enjoy the, the way that the WB does its um, superhero lineup, they it's it's fun. Don't think about it too hard. Uh, there are always going to be, um, or it's always going to be people that, you know, nitpick it too much. It's just meant to be kind of an enjoyable romp with some action in it, some humor, and it's got good character development. I mean, it's it's, it's well done. Um, so you've got uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is in this uh, for a bit, <laughs> for, for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know who that is, think uh, single white female, backdraft, uh, something of that nature. Um, Hitcher. Oh, Hitcher. Backdraft. It's funny. Yeah. So, did you ever see the Hitcher? No. That's still got one of the most iconic, awful scenes in it. Um, the uh, uh, If it's the... I'm, I'm maybe, again, losing my mind, but I'm pretty sure it's the uh, Rucker Hour. Is he the hitcher in that? I'm pretty sure. Ooh, uh, yeah, that sounds yeah, that sounds familiar. And uh, he finds somebody that uh, he normally kills the people that pick him up, and somebody gets away, and he realizes that that's the person that he wants to kill him, to put him out of his misery. So he tortures this dude and ties his girlfriend to four different um, eighteen wheelers, <laughs> like horses. It was it was dark in specific spots. I feel like I've actually seen bits and pieces of that movie because like, what you're telling me sounds really familiar. Yeah. Uh, that If you like dark films, that's a really good one. I know we're talking about a different dark, dark film here, but, uh, you know. So, Tom Hanks. I mean, what what has Tom Hanks not just knocked out of the park for the most part? I mean, he's he's always on. And, I mean, is it me? Okay, so there, there are a couple actors and... I've, Trust me, I feel like it's easy. It's easy to not like Tom Cruise, except for every movie that he does just ends up being pretty good. Yeah. Right? Um, I think Tom Hanks is similar in the vein that he's easy to like. Yeah. And it just everything that he's in is good, right? <laughs> pretty much. And he just does a really good job and. The character he plays in this movie, I think when you, you don't get necessarily, you get what he is, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't get the full scope of what he is, in a sense, right? Um, A lot of it's hidden. And then as it progresses, you, I think you learn a little bit more and you get a little bit more life breathed into his character yeah and it's just it's it sounds silly but this is like it's like a a father-son 
Oh, story. it very much is. Definitely. And it, it's a father-son's movie disguised as like a... Mobster movie. Mobster movie. Mm-hmm. It's deceptively good. Like yeah. it, it's it's hard for me to, to describe the ins and outs of this movie and the the cinematography piece that they want an um, an Oscar for. I get. I mean, oh yeah. Just look at it's some gorgeous. of the, the like the farm scenes, um, the cityscapes. Like it's this movie's just really good, and it's not just the views and we talked about the actors but it's like there's there's are a lot like we said there's a lot of good act- there's a lot of good actors oh, like yeah. a lot of bit part oh, yeah. really good actors in this movie and i just faces like if you watch this now the face would pop up like oh face would pop up like oh like they just it just keeps coming the the cast is I, ridiculous I have movie. to wonder if there's like a, a, a story behind this where they get like a key for the four big actors you know that everybody knows when they, they look at this film it's like oh they're all in it I have to be in this film what's it about doesn't matter I gotta be in this film just a snippet yeah. of it and I, I have to wonder if that's kind of what happened um, yeah so like one, one of them is uh, like Stanley Tucci isn't yeah. it right yeah. like not for very long no, just yeah, a little bit. Yeah, great. Um, uh, Daniel Craig's a m- larger, l- larger character, more. but this you got to think this is two thousand two. Yeah, like, what's Daniel Craig been in two thousand two? Not a whole lot no, yet. Not yet. So this was like something where his face gets put out there, and he's starting to become more of that actor that you know of today. Yeah. Um, Jude Law's character <laughs> is great. Yeah. And it's not the Jude Law character that you're accustomed to seeing. No, it is not. If you if you watched um Captain Marvel, right? So you right. you see Jude Law's character spoiler alert as a good as a good guy, but he's not a good guy. And you always, I, is it me? Do you think of Jude Law as the good guy or the bad guy or something that he he, he can really play everything? He can play anything. But he, in that time frame, I feel like he came off as like the good guy, the handsome guy. A little bit. And that's not this character at all. No. And that's why it's so good. You know, like it's the whole, I, I don't know, I'll keep going on. You know, that's the whole reason we're, we're going over this because this, this movie is just fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, you got Paul Newman. I mean, again, uh, what has he made that's bad? Was was this his last film? If it wasn't, it was close to it. Um, he, yeah, it was. He, he we yeah, we lost him not too long after this. I, I want to say that like he had retired, but then he came out of retirement to do this one, and yeah. then he was done. Yeah, I think so. I think. I could be wrong on that. Um, Ciaran? Is that how you spell it? Tell us, um, it? Ciaran? Ciaran? Syrian? Syrian? Syrian Hines? Hines? Yeah. yeah. He was he was in this. Um, I mean, just, you know, the cast is just, just crazy. And the story is so good. Um, if you have never seen this movie, you need to go out and see this movie. In fact, now I need, I, I realize I need to buy a copy because I've seen it, but I don't own a copy. And that's just a shame. Yeah, he he did some voice acting after it in Cars, right? And so right. like, but in front of the in 
front of the screen, like his last thing that I think he acted in, not voice acted in. Man, that that that's somebody I, I really wish I could have met. I mean, come on, man, it's Cool Hand Luke. I want to meet Cool Hand Luke. Uh, my it's word, Doc Hudson. It is. But that. Oh yeah, spoilers. <laughs> Mild spoilers for this film. Uh, yeah, so Road to Perdition, fantastic film. Yes, it's a comic book film. Definitely go see it. And jeez, <laughs> Richard is also having some problems this evening. <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, uh, we we like to keep it real here. We are not going to edit out that massive loud oh. sound <laughs> that destroyed everything. No, it's pretty funny. Um, okay, um, but what we are going to do is we're going to take a quick moment uh, now that uh, Richard has composed himself and deep uh, breaths, and and he's going to tell you just a little bit about some of the social media aspects of what we do while I leave for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he's doing we're thirsty okay so right now live well no okay but as we're filming this recording this we are on twitch tv with i want to say zero viewers um but we are the pudding guys so you can look for us on twitch tv uh the more common appearances that you will find for social media and those types of things would be you know facebook twitter Instagram, uh, Pudding Guys, Pudding Guys. Twitter is a little different. We are the real Pudding Guys, not the real Pudding Guys. So uh, we are. We have some outlets out there. Twi uh, it, Twitch is a small thing that we do. YouTube is a real minor thing that we do. Maybe if people watched, we'd do more on those. Um, it's hard to watch a YouTube video for an hour long of two people staring at a camera. So well, that's we not, get it. That's not entirely true. I actually stare off side of the camera that's <laughs> accurate uh but one of the big ones is our patreon account also putting guys uh that one has a few bits and pieces of importance compared to maybe just looking at stuff on facebook and twitter right um you can donate not a measly dollar a very important dollar a very important dollar. per month and if we get to a certain point where we actually make a few dollars per month, we can buy, oh, I don't know, another microphone. <laughs> we can buy a computer. We can buy a few things to do the stuff on the podcast, but do it better. Exactly. Maybe that pays for us to go to the Comic Cons and be able to talk to more people. There were some really good ones here recently that we didn't go. Indy had a Comic Con. Uh, Cincinnati oh, yeah. had a Comic Con. We had some really good people in there. That takes time. That takes money. Patreon is a real big way to help us out in order to go do those things. Now, we will be putting some more stuff on Patreon. That will give you more ways to not only help us out, but it will give you something in return. It has to do with that tool that I was talking about that we're going to be creating. It's going to be something, I think, ultra special. Not a wrench either. No. It's still going to be probably at least a month out before we do anything with that on, on Patreon. So expect that late October at the soonest. But um, we will be making an announcement when we do so. 
and I, I cannot wait to share this with you. <laughs> the struggle is real. Oh, it's definitely real tonight. Uh, day jobs kicking my butt. So, all right, well, back to it. Let's get to uh, let's get to another fantastic comic book film. Still in two thousand two, there were five that came out this year that were comic book specific related films. Um, Only three of them were sequels. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, if you think sequels of, are bad, I mean, it's no. 2002 and they're, it's all sequels. Yeah, no, that's that's the nature of the beast. Now, to be fair, the sequels that came out this particular year, two out of three I thought were particularly good. Mm-hmm. So, going into one of those good sequels, Men in Black. That's the Men in... Wait, that's the wrong show. Yeah. That's the first one. That was the first one. But uh, um, Men in Black 2... Uh, reprising roles, reprising storylines, continuation. Uh, it's The first one was so incredibly popular, and they had to do uh, a sequel to this particular film. Um, uh, we won't go into the origins, because again, we've already talked about the origins of the comic book. Um, Barry Sonnefeld still directing in the second film. Um, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith reprising their roles. Actually, a lot of roles being reprised in this one, which is cool. Like continuity, A plus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rip Torn. I mean, how can you not love having Rip Torn in anything? Um, you got uh, uh, Tony Schlue reprising his mm-hmm. role. Uh, you've got uh, David Cross, not reprising, but in the movie again. He plays a different character. Yeah, was he? He was in the morgue in the first one. Yeah, so he was. Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah. And in the second one, he is working at the video store, hmm. and it seems pretty clear that they're not the same character. Yeah. yeah. Um. But that's just fine. I really wish he was in the third one to make it the trifecta, <laughs> but they they didn't do that one. Um. But you've got. Um, let's see who else reprised. Um, was Laura Finn, Laura Flynn Boyle in the first one? No, she was not. It was. Uh, different the the lead villain on that one was a man that went on to play the kingpin in the daredevil television show vincent d'onofrio yeah he was the the bug oh yeah that's right uh she was a bad guy i'm I'm thinking of um oh in the first one she okay it was a woman she was in jade that's really random with david caruso yeah i was gonna say i had not getting a visual um, are you talking about the 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 woman that uh, played the romantic lead to to Tommy Lee Jones, sort of? Tommy Lee Jones, the uh, the more the woman that ran. The yeah, morgue. yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm spacing her name at the moment. Um, God, I shouldn't be spacing it. Wasn't she in uh, Dogma also? I'm I'm fairly oh, certain. Linda Fiorentino. That's right. That's right. That's why it's the L. That's throwing us off. Do you, do you like the, the Jade reference there? <laughs> yeah, that was not helpful at all. <laughs> yeah, she was, in, uh, she was in Dogma also. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah, pe- people are listening like, Jade? Like, it's a bad movie, trust me. Well, you heard, uh, heard the other actor that was in it. Uh, he is not always known for taking the most premium of roles. <laughs> Now, I don't remember in Jade if he's taking off his sunglasses and if there's music that gets jamming in the background after he does it. Uh, but um, I love that dude. 
Anyway, uh, don't watch that movie. Uh, but okay, Men in Black Two. Yes, Men in Black Two. So uh, Laura Flynn Boyle is the, the the lead villain in this particular film. Uh, she has help in the form of Johnny Knoxville's character. It's true. Who plays a, a, a character with two heads, which is always entertaining when done well and this is still early in the cgi effects so it's a little cheesy for both of them but in a good way i think it works pretty well um you've got uh, patrick warburton at the beginning of the film it's not a big part but i love seeing him in anything he's awesome yeah he's Putty. he's just just too awesome um rosario dawson is in this who is in most comic book movies and television shows you have ever seen because <laughs> she's in a ton uh, she's gotta be high on the list oh yeah how high on the list i wish we had a tool to find that out but... <laughs> soon we'll never have very, one of those very soon um but um let's see who else was in this um well michael jackson was in it very briefly as michael jackson yeah i can be agent m How's that? Was it a good impersonation? Uh, fair. I, I, yes, fair. <laughs> Nick Cannon had a small role in this as a autopsy. He was in a in a lab coat. Somewhere. Yeah, he was. He was like in two seconds of the film, but uh, I thought that was mildly entertaining. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. He was in that. I completely forgot. Was he? Um, this is not a trying to be an insult. Was he popular in 2002? I don't think that's an insult. I think he was still focusing on his music career at that point. Like, when did Drumline come out? Because that's Ooh. that was probably his first. Wasn't that 05? Like, I'm not wrong in that that was his first thing that people saw him in, maybe? Uh, probably, if you're talking about the linking a face with the name. Uh, was... Drumline, 2002. Oh, same year. Wow. Mm. So he was making he was making his move between drumline and the small part in Men in Black. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was getting on Mariah Carey's radar, <laughs> and then disappeared. No, no he he had a he had a, a steady gig for years on America's Got Talent. Uh, no, that's true. I was saying off of Mariah Carey's radar. Oh well, yeah. That's that's an entirely different conversation that we're never going to have. Mm-mm. Probably. Mm-mm. <laughs> all right so who else uh i think that's oh i'm forgetting a couple important ones here uh you got uh remember the part in the film where they go to the video store and they get the the video that's been specifically earmarked by uh agent k uh to try and trigger his memories and it's the really badly produced uh film history of what happened you got peter graves doing the voiceover Oh, yeah. And a not-too-distant time. I can't do a Peter Graves. I really wish I could because his voice is fantastic. Now, I wish... So the the, <clears throat> the more recent one came out, right? Like with um, uh, the Thor actors, plural. Right. Um, and it bombed. I don't know if it was good or not. It bombed uh, horribly. I can't wait to see it. I bet it's better than people are giving it credit for. Uh, I liked the third one, but what I guess I'm getting back to here is wouldn't maybe I just missed it. I feel like normally when those come out, 
one, two, and three just kind of get pushed out. Again, as in like they're on TV in different formats or they're more available to be seen. And right. I just don't remember right. these being prevalent anywhere. Like I like I said, I could be wrong. You know, a lot of times they'll they'll throw them on a, a Netflix or a Hulu or a, a streaming service of something for a month. Maybe I missed it. Yeah. But... I just always I this is one of the sets I always had it on DVD. It's just I, I was not going to not have Men in Black. I enjoyed it too much. It, it's like um, cheesy popcorn. I mean, it's not particularly good for you, and you can't think too much about the nutritional value. But it's very tasty, and I don't mind having it very regularly. I kind of like the third one. Third one was done extremely well. Yeah, and well, it's got Josh Brolin in it, so and that helps a lot. He could pretty pretty much do no wrong at this point yeah um but his portrayal of a young Agent. tommy lee jones yeah. basically it's really good yeah so that's coming up at a later time that's that definitely later um uh if you're a rap fan biz Marquee was in the beginning sequences as they're going to get uh agent k from his job at the post office he was at the post office wasn't he yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, well, in that same scene, Doug Jones is in that scene. The recent award winner, Doug Jones, who is awesome and everything. Um, he was the uh, he was the alien that had the very long hair. When he took off the hair, his head was really tiny. Doug Jones, Doctor Jones. Uh, yeah, Doug Jones. If I'm thinking of Doug Jones. What else did he do? He does a lot of Doug things. Jones. He was in Hellboy and Hellboy Two. He was in. He was the one that did. Um, am I thinking of like he was the the fish? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what I was thinking of. He was in uh, Guillermo's Abe, Abe Sapien, and yeah. then the, yeah, the basically the same the, character. But the not sequel him. that wasn't a sequel. That was well. We won't get into that. But, uh, yeah, no, but he's been fantastic in nearly everything. I think he has, um, isn't the award he won? I think he's uh, on Discovery right now, uh, I'm fairly certain. And he does, that's the that's the award he won was for, for his work on Star Trek Discovery. Uh, I'm, I'm fairly sure. But, yeah, anything that he touches to me is gold. I love that dude. Um or at the very least, I love the the work that he does. Discovery uh, that's on like CBS, but you can only watch it if you have the online paid CBS subscription service. Yeah, which, I have to depend on other people for that because uh, this is definitely a topic we're going to talk about at some point. the The prevalence of subscription services and the oversaturation of said subscription services. Uh, and how these companies need to be smacked in the back of the head to just stop it. CBS is actually the worst. Yeah, that's my personal opinion. Others are bad, but they're their own entity. Yeah, CBS is a yeah. That's another discussion. That's so. another discussion that that rubbed us the wrong way. But uh, so this movie in particular really kind of solid on the storyline i mean they picked up where everything left off on the previous film the uh the scene where he's firing patrick warburton's character in public because he yanks on the antenna of the underground worm that's just hilarious um uh, the the pug making a return and trying to be the partner as the comic relief 
fairly entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, the overall plot line is, you know, fairly tidily wrapped up by the end. The scene in the pizzeria where uh, where uh, Smith is trying to show off to to Agent K uh, to find the clues to show that he's a good agent and he can he can pick up on the subtle stuff <laughs> rather than what actually happens. It's just, I mean, the the first two were good. The third one was really good. I also, I, I like the whole sequence of the movies was really good. So <clears throat> it's hard. It's hard when you have a trilogy that builds on itself and it continually gets better. And the source material obviously came from somewhere that's um, not a script in a sense. You know what I'm saying? So, and of course, Tony Shalhoub was just fantastic. <laughs> you knew my head was going to grow back, right? No. no. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Now, 2002 was also, for me, the year that um, the comic book movie really kicked it up a notch. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, yes, for, for probably for both of us, the first Blade film was probably the first movie, the first comic book movie where we both go, okay, this can be serious and be really good. But Spider-Man in 2002 was the first one where not only was it good, but they could keep going with this kind of a feeling. Yeah, where, you know, with the X-Men movies, yeah, there were even there was a lot of, I feel like, that, that's a, that was a Marvel movie, Fox property, but it delivered, I feel like, maybe I'm putting this wrong like it had special effects but had a lot of practical effects in it as well yeah whereas this one where i think you you got a lot a lot more of the the digital stuff of the web the web slinging for example exactly so this was you're right this is where you could put really stick your imagination into the minds of a comic book reader or maybe even a writer too to like really envision something that you wouldn't normally be able to envision yeah uh, instead of uh the old effects where you felt that you could see the strings as they were flying <laughs> kind of thing this yep. this is the first times like oh oh this is going to be fantastic and this is going to open the door to so much plus i mean uh well i guess i should start with uh spider-man this is the first spider-man film we've talked about if you're not familiar the spider-man character was originally debuted in the particular comic amazing fantasy number one that was uh let's see uh back in 62 i think i'm pretty sure 1962 but um stanley steve ditko i mean the classic combo well one of the classic combos to create a character um they have re-released this comic a couple times and in uh, special formats so that you can get your hands on it and kind of see how neat it was even back then. It was kind of something special. But uh, so yeah. And and would you say? I mean, there's a lot of popular comic book characters, right? There's always your classics from DC, like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, like the classic trilogy, let's call them. Oh, yeah. You know, from Marvel, there's um, obviously the Avengers now. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Avengers have always been fairly popular in a sense. No, no, they really weren't. They were, well, in the comic books, when they first came out, they were popular, but they, they lost a lot of readership. 
uh, eventually the X-Men overtook them by far. Well, I was thinking more, not the Avengers as a group, but like the individual components. Like Iron Man was always a fairly popular comic. Kind right? of. He was always kind of a secondary. But it was more, but like Fantastic Four. That was a primary. Yeah. They were big ones. They were big ones. And uh, and the, and and the X-Men and then Spider-Man. Yeah. So uh, this, is, this is the one, I think, big one that really really draws the interest from all age levels all interest levels like even the the casual comic book um person now this was also when you were growing up when i was growing up this was a couple iterations of a cartoon oh, yeah. even right so spider-man like, is amazing friends yes so the, the weird combination of the human torch and um not quite it was close. Not close. that human. It was Iceman and Firestorm. Firestorm, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, Firestar was Firestar. not a character in the comics before that particular cartoon. Interesting. So it was another instance where the comics copied the uh, copy of the TV material. So there were, and and what else? What else was there from early iterations of? cartoons that were like that old well before that before it was spider-man and his amazing friends it was just spider-man and it was the same group that did the art and did all that sort of stuff but uh they they changed it up to add some extra extra uh, allure i guess would be what it was i mean you had the uh, justice league or the super friends super friends as yeah. you want to call it back in the day um and that had several iterations of what it did um but in terms, uh, you had the Batman had a uh, um, had a uh, cartoon. There was a Fantastic Four cartoon before that. It's true. Uh, a couple of them actually. Um, so th- there were several that were before, but none of them really kind of had. Well, I take that back. Super Friends had huge traction, but in terms of Marvel properties, that that was the first one that really gained traction. And then they. They did more iterations of the cartoon. There was an X-Men cartoon and a Spider-Man right. cartoon in the 90s. Yep. And those were very popular on just like Fox. Right. Uh, so I guess what I'm getting at here is like this character is a really big, major driving force for what people who are maybe like our age growing up saw on TV, read in comic books. And this was the first thing that kind of made it so that everybody could see a character of this popularity on the big screen, right? Yeah, definitely so. And the choice to put Sam Raimi at the helm, that kind of blew my mind when I found that out that he was going to be directing. It's like, really? Evil Dead is going to be directing Spider-Man? How's that going to work? Um Wow, did he did, he did an excellent job. I mean, just fantastic. And if you were a fan of the of the Evil Dead movies, you could tell that he directed these. Oh yeah. And it's it's not it's it's not even hard like, oh, the like the camera work and the the, the stylistic, the the actor choices. <laughs> yeah. Just killer. Yeah. And, and and very important in this one. A lot of the characters, you know, there was the classic characters, right? So obviously we had Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, right? Right. Um, Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire. You had um, Mary Jane. Yeah, Mary Jane. Uh, that was eventually Mary Jane Watson Parker. That was uh, Kirsten Dunst, who I saw first on the on Interview with the Vampire when she was whittle a, a little. 
uh, shoot, Flash Thompson, right? Yes, yes. Top I, secret character that, uh, not character, but uh, actor. Oh, man, he is so funny. I mean, I, I would never have known it from that film because, you know, I didn't know him before that film, and he had a small part comparatively. But then seeing him later, uh, How I Met Your Mother and and uh, so many other things that he's been on, it's like, this dude's got some comedic chops. <laughs> he's, he's really He's pretty awesome. So, yeah, Joe Manganello. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Franco as uh, as the younger uh, the younger of the goblins, I guess. We'll put it that way. Eventually. Eventually. Um, Willem Dafoe as the, the elder goblin. Um, God, Willem Dafoe, man. Now, I'm no comic book person. Is the Green Goblin the quintessential Spider-Man villain or i one feel like there's others but it's, like, it's one of he's he's, um, he's like batman in the sense that he's got a, a rogues gallery and a lot of people think of the green goblin first often and that may be partly to do with the movie but he had as much uh, back and forth with uh doc ock um early on he he fought kingpin too before kingpin was really associated with daredevil he was associated with spider-man um uh Sandman was a big enemy of his. Also, uh, Electro um, was a big one. Um, Rhino was a big one. I mean, they've gotten most of his big villains into the movies now. The, the fact that they even managed Mysterio recently, that was the one I thought they would never be able to get. It's like, how are you going to do Fishbowl on a movie? But it worked. There's, there's still one that I consider to be kind of a... a a quintessential villain for Spider-Man that they've not attempted to do. And I think partially it may be just difficult thinking of how to put him on there. And his best story is really dark, really dark. Uh, uh, Venom is considered one. This is not who I was talking about. I just yeah. thought of it. Well, Venom's, Venom's already good. been presented. Uh, Venom's already been presented, but um, um, Craven the Hunter. Craven. That's what I was thinking of too. I mean, He's, I want to see him in, in a movie because he, his 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 storyline is really, really good. Well, they, they had one on the storyline of him on the cartoon recently. So it's like, how do you put him in a movie as a person who was a hunter, uh-huh. right? So one of them was he is a hunter, but he has a reality show. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it fits the modern age I guess in a that sense. Works sort of, sort of. I'm just trying to think like, how would you put him in? If I were doing it, I think I have a perfect way to do it. Instead of having the the hunter aspect, that he's a world famous hunter. Don't have him known for that. He's a mercenary. He works as uh, somebody that has been throughout uh, Africa and southern asia and goes to the hot spots middle east and does things but he's been able to travel and one of the things that he does is he hunts but part of what he wants out of the hunt is a challenge and that's why he's a mercenary he hunts people that leads him to spider-man what better prey and that's basically what brought him to spider-man in the comics in the first place so instead of focusing on that hunter side that's an aspect of his personality an aspect of who he is but not the focus yeah that's that's me we'll see there was a wasn't there a tease of him in one of the 
I don't remember seeing a tease. Not a tease, but when the when the new the second iteration, the Amazing Spider-Mans, and they showed a few snippets of what the Sinister Six would be, right in, oh, in the yeah. lab. Yeah, Craven wasn't in like in there, but if you read all the notes. If that movie was to proceed, it would there was supposed to be a standalone Sinister Six yeah. movie, and he was supposed to be one of them. So they were going to try years ago, and that never panned out. So wow. that, but he'd be the ultimate next man up, for sure. I was never a big fan of those amazing Spider-Man films anyway. I wanted to be, but... Uh. Yeah, they tried. But, uh, so yeah, you've got that, you've got... Cliff Robertson as a fantastic Uncle Ben. I mean, it's hard not to like Cliff Robertson. You've got uh, Aunt May as Rosemary Harris. She's, again, just kind of the, if you think comic book Aunt May and made a person, yeah, that looks just right. And she acted the heck out of it and did the exact right balance between kind of overprotective and supportive at the same time and it's just they did a really good job between the writing on that and everything um of course jk simmons as so good they brought him back yeah and they they should put him spoiler in alert you know one of my favorite parts that he had was actually in a video game in the second portal he did voiceover work for the owner of the the company that <laughs> created the portal device, among other things, interesting. Uh, it was if you've never played it, it's so good. It is really good. Um, what was it else? Um, Michael Papa John, who's not maybe a name that a lot of people know quite so well, but he's been just in a ton of stuff. He's the carjacker in the in the film. You see his face, you go, yeah, I know that dude. He's been just in a bunch. Um, as is the habit of any filmmaker. Uh, filmmakers love to put their family in the films. Uh, just take a look, if you feel like it, at the uh, Batman Begins and Dark Knight series and look for the name Nolan. Check how many Nolans there are in those films. Yeah. There are a lot. Kids. There's a kids, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Among other things. But uh, Ted Ramey, who... He worked in the... Uh, he was the assistant. He was the assistant to J.K. Uh, to uh, J. Jonah Jameson. And... I love Ted Ramey. I had already loved him before this film ever came out because I watched the television show he was in. And again, that's that crossover where everybody kind of knows everybody. Well, Ted, Ted was, Ted was, um, in, uh, Oh, all the syndicated ones. Um, you, you can do it. He was in Xena. There he goes. <laughs> Xena warrior princess. He's but, a jockster. Yeah. Yeah. But he was in all of those. Oh, like yeah. he made his crossover. In all oh of yeah, them. he was in Hercules also. Yeah, and uh, and he did a fantastic job. Very funny individual, and uh, couldn't have done better with that. Uh, you've got who else? Um, well, Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Who was, that's a big one. I was thinking of his who, eep, little snippet, little, little cameo, a little bit. You know, the, in all of them, in all of three of them. Yeah, he he plays the wrestling promoter. Or not the promoter, but the announcer. The ring, the ring guy, yeah. And uh, it tells him that uh, the amazing spider, whatever the whatever he had come up with, is a terrible name and makes him Spider-Man. That's fantastic. But, of course, he's going to put Bruce Campbell in it because of, uh, you know... Well, because Bruce Campbell's films. awesome. Well, that too, yeah. But also, he has the crossover into the 
Hercules and Xenocide because Bruce Campbell was a character in that as well. He played a thief. Uh, the, if he call himself the world's best thief, he would. It'd yeah. Be pretty awesome. But of course, you got Randy Savage in uh, that same. Yep, in the, bit in the, there. I miss Randy Savage. I mean, he was just over the top fun. If you're ever a wrestling fan, he was fantastic to watch. Uh, Mr. Poffo. Uh, but, uh, you know, his brother wrestled as well. Um, the Genius, I think, was his name. You know, something like that didn't go over quite as as well. The tag as the team, Man. Savage Genius. Uh, well, that would have actually been a good name for it. Um, you got uh, John Paxton was the butler um, to uh, to uh, the people that have lots of money and control stuff, yeah. but are actually bad guys. Bad guys, yeah. but are good guys. And Osborne, sorry. Osborne's, yes. Oh, it's getting late. Okay, yeah. Oscorp is now, what they ran. There we go. Now, you know John Paxton's son, right? Uh, must, oh, he's not alive anymore. No, he's not. That made me very sad when I was looking at pictures like, oh, yeah, they're related. Bill. And that's, I don't want to think about that anymore. <laughs> that's just, that's just awful. Um, but I mean that that whole it's cast, game over, man. It is. Yeah, the whole cast was really good. Now, the contention can be made, and I think wrongly so, that Tobey Maguire one isn't that great of an actor in a certain sense and is annoying, yeah. and in this movie wasn't very good. I've heard that from multiple people. I would disagree with that. And I would totally disagree with that because his there are there honestly are a couple iterations of Peter Parker. But how he put Peter Parker on screen I thought was just fine. Pretty much perfect. Yeah. Like I don't know the comics like other people do, but I know enough to know that when I see him on the screen and the reason that he's annoying in a sense, is because that's how he is, right? He, he's not annoying per se, but he's just like, he's a kid. Yeah. And he's smart and he does stuff and then he gets powers and he can't figure out how anything is going to work and everything keeps going wrong. And Yeah. Like, I, I feel like people come out, out of that not because of Tobey Maguire, but because they don't know the character. And I think that that may be part of it. The other thing that gets me, somebody did this description and said that, well, he made a much better Peter Parker, but Andrew Garfield made a much better Spider-Man. And I can kind of see that in in some respects. And and I can kind of, I would go further, that our current Spider-Man, who I really enjoy, I think is not as good a Peter Parker quite as Tobey Maguire is, and maybe not quite as good of a Spider-Man as Andrew Garfield is but is such a high level better than both of them in the other so that the combination, he's the best full package Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, no, but... And and the thing about this iteration of Spider-Man that we're on now, I guess you could say the third current iteration of it... If you're ignoring the television show. Is... What would you say? A a modern iteration, right? Oh, yeah. Because he's got to deal with... It's more focused on the the teen issues. Yeah. Um. I've got a cell phone, and 
it doesn't control my life. That's not what I'm saying. But like you use it for everything, everything. Like it's, it's a more modern setting compared to the kid who was in high school and had projects that he had to do. You know? Yeah. So I had, it has to be a different type of Spider-Man because yeah, it's definitely. a different Spider-Man. I mean, you're talking about how this is definitely a Raimi film. I mean, there are a couple of scenes in this that were fairly frightening. Uh, and it continues into the, the future films that if he wants to put something up there that's going to kind of shake you out of your seat, he's going to do it. And he's going to do it well when uh, Norman Osborn dies and then gets his powers uh, uh, when he revives. That's that's disturbing. Uh, and the way that he... Uh, uh, is kind of presenting his character throughout the rest of the film is still kind of off-putting. It's just really well done. Thoughts on the goblin outfit? As, Helmet? As good as they could have done for that time frame, I think. I think it looked kind of stupid, but at the same time, what are you going to do? The comic book does not lend itself well in that design to a movie. So the direction they took, I cannot be unhappy with. I mean... They they did the best they could do. Yeah, someone dressed in a goblin mask. Yeah, that's and not like, gonna work. Uh, it looked like chainmail, like colored chainmail in the comics is what it kind of yeah, looked like. like. And, and like wasn't wasn't there stuff like on the shoulders and then like the gloves were yeah, bigger and hood yeah. and it was a combination of green arms and a purple outfit and it was just not great. Yeah. Funny in real life, but great, you know, cool in a comic book. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah, not going to work on screen all that well. Um, but, uh, and one of the things that I liked about the first film, where they, they made mistakes with the second and the third, it was one villain. It was, it, sure, it's still an origin story, and a lot of that's taking a good chunk of the film. But when there's a bad guy, there's one bad guy. As soon as they started trying to add multiples, that's when... Things just did not work too terribly well. I know you want bigger, more awesome, crazier. That's great. Don't. Just stop. Yeah, that doesn't quite pan out. And you saw that in the, iter- the current iterations of the Spider-Man movies where there was there was one. Now, in the more recent, you know, in, in Homecoming, there really was one. They had yeah. a couple little bad guys that did their own little thing briefly and he had a support system yes and then in far from home there really was one yeah it wasn't necessarily presented as that when you saw the previews in a sense and if you didn't know the character you would have thought oh there's weird things going on so there really was just there was one and it worked much better yep so that's i mean in, in the second one it was doc ock and um I'm, pretty I'm, much just Doc Ock. Just Doc Ock. So that, and it worked pretty well. It worked pretty well. And then <laughs> they they multiplied it, like, by three. Yeah, that was just stupid. Um, Make Have one, and then maybe something happens at the end, and you present yourself with another one, at most. And that's cool. the other thing that really got me. I can't remember the name of the actor that plays uh, uh, Kirk Connors in the film. I'm spacing him, but he's, he's a big actor. Um, yeah, he yeah. doesn't come in until the second, the third film. But the lizard man, a great villain, and they had the perfect actor set up for him, and just never really materialized. Uh, that's kind of sad. Uh, I would like to have seen him as the lizard. That would have been good. We well, saw a lizard. 
I would like to see him as a lizard. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so we're almost to the end of the list. Uh, we're 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 starting to lose steam. I, I can feel it. I can see it. I know what will help. Ooh. A depressant. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Sippy sips. A little sip. So we have one more film that we mildly disagree on whether how good it is. The last film we're going to talk about from 2002 is a sequel, Blade 2. Yes. Yeah, we've got uh, what I think is a really, really fun movie that has, you know, some oddities here and there. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, Mm -hmm. but all in all, fantastic action, good plot, and it's just fun. Um, So Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Hopefully I didn't massacre that too badly because I'm good at it. I'm just saying Bill. Bill Toro. That's right. <laughs> wait, wait. Bill Bull. Is it, is, <coughs> is it Del Del Toro? Isn't that? I think that's Bull. Yeah. I, or of, of the Bull. The bull. Um, so, I mean, I, I really like Guillermo. The, the, he's got a weird style and most of the stuff he makes is I like fantastic. him too. It just so happens that this is the worst movie he did. You know, that's... that is a lot of horse pucky right there. I I would disagree with that. I think the, I can probably t- uh, come up with several other films that he's done that's that's not as good as Blade Two. Now that being said, I've not watched a Guillermo del Toro movie that I have not liked. So this... The Shape of Water. I liked The Shape of Water. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It won awards. It's not a bad movie. No, it's really pretty good. I like Blade Two better than The Shape of Water. Hellboy. I like Hellboy better than both of them. Hellboy is maybe in my mind, either that or Pan's Labyrinth is maybe his best film for me. Yeah, because it has that creepy element, but not and like the same character shape, right? Like so, if yeah. you're the interpretation of characters. He presents that pretty well across oh, yeah. all these iterations. Definitely so. But obviously, Wesley Snipes rep- reprises his role as Blade, and he is, you know, d- character-defining, really. I mean, he's he's about as perfect for the Blade character as you could possibly get, mm-hmm. uh, as long as we ignore the third film. Um, okay, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, he is, and, and I'm glad he was helping me get through that film. Um, Chris Christopherson comes back. Um Whistler. As Whistler. Um, another dude that I, I really like uh, in some films, anyway. It's just he tends to often go to films that are more uh, countrified a lot of times. Not not into that yep. quite so much. Um, you got Ron Perlman, who is... I love me some Ron Perlman. Yeah, he's fantastic. This movie, meh. What, just because he doesn't have a ton of makeup on this time? No, like his bald head, his bald head and his chin strap that he's got is actually amusing. His guns that he has are dumb. Oh, those guns are awesome. A combination of a curved blade out in front of that. So if you're shooting and you're in close combat, you can do some slicing and dicing and you don't have to get a different weapon out. That's fantastic. Like, I, I know also that his character and everything that he does is he's he's mildly over the top not ex, not extreme over the top he's just a little over the top that's why we like him yeah 
But in this one, it just came off as too much over the top to me. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I think he's just enough over the top to be the smarmy, slimy kind of guy you want to punch in the face. That I think he, he did exactly the job because when you look at it, the real villain of the film is not a villain that most people can really relate to. Um, you've got you've got a handful of different villainous characters. I mean, you've got Damaskinos as the as the overlord vampire. You've got uh, Luke Goss playing. Um, oh, what was the name of that character? Nomak. Uh, yeah, Nomak. Um, again, there's supposed to be some empathy there, but there's not enough character development. I don't think to be able to give him that empathy. Mm-hmm. So you've got two villains that you're supposed to really kind of dislike and there's not enough there for you to dislike so having him be that source makes it work for me as the third outlet of your anger yeah. and frustration uh you've got uh lenore varela uh as the romantic ish lead in this um turns out to be that way you know nissa um she did a good job. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else. Um, oh, she was fine. But she, she did good. Uh, Norman Reedus was in this. Well, he was in this. For those Walking Dead fans. Uh, he plays a very interesting character. Another villain. Yeah. That you don't know about to the end. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Spoiler Spoilers. alert. Yeah. yeah. All right. He's but a bad guy. If you haven't seen it by now, this film is uh, 17 years old. I, I don't feel too terribly bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, it's 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 even with that knowledge, it's still worth a watch, I think. Um, but uh, Thomas Krishman as Damaskinos, uh, he played Strucker in the Age of Ultron and Captain America: Winter Soldier. The little snippet of At the it end, that he was yeah. in. Um, Ultron. Like, like I said, Luke Goss as Nomak. He was actually in Hellboy too, as Prince Nwata. Um, mm. You've got. Uh, an interesting kind of side note, uh, Matt Schultz. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in both Blade movies, the first two, as a different character. Interesting, because he was uh, like a, uh, a like a lackey, basically, in the first one. Yeah, right? he was kind of a skinny lackey that ended up getting killed fairly quick. And then in this, this movie, he's bulked up quite a bit. And he's, he's muscly, part of the blood pack. Uh, he's a chupa. In this one so that was kind of a fun thing to see um donnie yen was in this i mean donnie yen is freaking phenomenal awesome i that's that's to me the only part of this movie i was really kind of upset about because well he never gets used like he needs to be used yeah i mean that's what it is he gets one fight scene in the film and it's and it's part of a group fight scene and that's it that's all. He's just there. It's like, come on. You've got this. You've got this just golden goose of fantastic martial arts wonderfulness. And you're going to use him in one scene. What are you doing? He gets a little bit more love in uh, Rogue One. Uh, yeah. We've we've talked about it in the past. It's probably one of the best iterations of Star Wars movies that has come out in the last, I don't know how many years. That movie. Yeah. We've got uh, Tony Curran. Curran? Curran? I'm going to mispronounce this name as well. I'm going to, I'm going to call it Curran. 
No, I'm going to call it Quran. It's C-U-R-R-A-N. If you added a T on the end, it would be... <laughs> Current. Yes. <laughs> like He's been in just a gazillion things. Now, it's one of those guys that you may not know exactly who he is, but when you see his face, it's like, oh, yeah, I've seen him in at least 20 or 30 things. Yeah. Um, he keeps busy. Uh, Daz Crawford is Light Hammer. Lighthammer. That was one of the neater things. Not only did they have the the guns that you hated, but I loved. But that just kind of the the hammer with the spike. <laughs> that was kind of cool. I couldn't help but love that. He was on Agents of Shield for a while. Um, so it's a uh, spoiler. He was Dark Hammer, <laughs> right? Um, but all in all, this this it was a fairly small cast. It didn't have a ton of people and you know a lot of extras and everything, but. Um, the core cast was kind of limited and everybody I thought did a great job the, the plot was fun the uh, the double swerve because I mean you're trying there's always supposed to be there's a twist uh, there's always supposed to be a twist and so they make it appear that the twist is that Damaskinos has created the Reapers which everybody knows that's coming but the fact that uh, Norman Reedus's character is in on it with them. That's that that kind of double swerve. That's fantastic. That's just really fun writing. Like, ooh, I didn't. It didn't see that coming. He even yells that too in the movie, right? <laughs> but it's just okay. So the where this movie loses me, it keeps me entertained and keeps me going for most of the movie. It's cheesy, but you expect that going yeah. into the movie. Uh, that's not what I'm saying here right like the fight scenes and the guys where their mouths open up super wide and whatever that is what it is you just get to the end sequence and it's just bad it is not it's just it's just it is is so good like the 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 fight fight scene scene. well the fight scene with uh, that's not a fight scene with Ron Perlman at the end Oh, where they're being overwhelmed by the uh, by the Reapers and they're cornered back to back to back kind of thing. Well, or are you talking about the the scene where he gets cut in half? Or he gets cut in half, and he like there's isn't there a, a thing where he? Uh, oh, I I can't remember. I I just I just because I, I I remember sending you a text message saying that this is Guillermo del, Tello, del Toro's worst movie. And that was recent, because I was watching that whole sequence. I'm like, wow, I don't remember it being this bad. No. And it was bad, and it started with that. It was super good, because it starts out when when uh, they the reveal of Norman Reedus, and he takes the explosive out of his head and, and throws it over to him, and then leaves off cackling and you know, laughing, and then... And it's like, you know, it's, I let them in, and this, this, uh, this explosive that doesn't work. Of course it works. Boom. That was fun. And then the the fight with the guards that ends with the suplex. I mean, come on. He got to work in a wrestling move. Uh, uh, uh. Well, that's what... That's, see, <laughs> see, that was what you had argued before, too, because the whole final fight sequence is like one big wrestling match, in, in a sense. In a sense. And the CGI on it's just so bad. Oh, the like, CGI isn't great, but it's a and, product of its time. And, 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 and I get that. It's just, if you know it's bad, you only have a budget to do so much, and you can only make something that's so good, 
you're a smart director. Don't make it look dumb. And it just looked bad. The flying elbow drop in the final fight between Nomak and him. <laughs> See, you're laughing at it right now. I love it. It's so good. It's bad. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, all you've got to do is watch the last... Gosh, 15, 20 minutes of this movie to know how bad the movie oh, is. Oh, it's, it's so... I, I, It puts a smile on my face every time. I can't help it. It's so good. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> You should watch it. Watch it every day. <laughs> that one time recently was enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that just brings back so many happy memories. But yeah, it's some of the... And there's a... There's a um, um, kind of a side-by-side different styles from the different fights too i mean you've got the hand-to-hand between uh nomak and blade on that like balance beam that that fight was awesome for the most part i mean when they're falling down he's kind of hitting him multiple times on the way down that was that was dumb yeah but i mean still they're playing with things and uh I, I still love it for the most part and it's just it's so much fun the light grenades cool good job guys <laughs> it's a bad fun fun bad science it's it's just so fun yeah <laughs> well what did you guys think have you seen some of these films did you enjoy them the same way that I enjoyed them did you groan at one of them <laughs> the same way that Richard did <laughs> And, and 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 let's be honest. That's the third time I've seen that like movie. At least the third time, and I'd seen it when it had, had come out. I'd seen it in the movie when it came out, movie theaters. I mean, I was, you know, I was working there. I could watch whatever I wanted to watch. I've seen it more than three times. Yeah, those that. I remember watching it those first couple times years ago, knowing that was good enough. Like I wasn't missing anything extra, and then. <laughs> well let us know uh, let us know on social media let us know on our website we have a, a forums that is not often used but is there for you to kind of leave your stories let us know what you think uh, it's also a place to make recommendations for episodes that you might think that would be fun for us to discuss uh, but uh, I think it is time for us to bid a fond adieu to you and until next time keep watching those comic book movies and be ready for our next discussion. <laughs>